excited about this new season as a church that we're back in here. I told you before, it's hard to preach to an empty room, all right? I've done it for three months now. I don't want to do it again. It's not that fun. Uh, but I, that said, I still have my amen machine somewhere around here. And so if you guys are not with me, I'm going to go and find that thing, all right? So we're going to bring that thing out and let it... I'm going to get a few more sounds on it, too. I might record a few of you saying some things and have those ready to play, all right? So we'll have those. But I'm excited to start a brand new series um, as a church, just as we go into a new season, because I believe we are coming through this as a church. We're coming to the other side of this season, amen? You believe that? And so I believe as a church, we can kind of go back and look at some things on the spiritual journey. So go ahead and grab out your notes if you haven't already and your Bible. Uh, If you're at home, you can pull up the Victory Church app if you want to fill in the blank version of the notes. Uh, That's there for you. We believe as a church in taking notes because on this journey that God has for us, we believe that he will speak some things from his word to us. We jot those things down uh, and then we can reference them on our spiritual journey as we continue. All right. But there's some things that I want to talk about this morning uh, in this series called Renewed, where we talk about some things uh, that maybe need to be renewed in our life when we've come through a season, or some things we need to reboot, some things that maybe we let fall to the wayside. And so we'll talk about that in the next few weeks, about different areas of our life. But the first one, the first thing that I think needs it the most uh, is in our spiritual life. I think before we get into anything else, we need to reboot spiritually because a lot of us have gone through this, uh, this scenario or this season uh, and we have let our spiritual life wane. And we'll talk about that for just a little bit. Uh, the verse that we're gonna start out of, this is a verse out of Isaiah. This was actually our verse on day two of our 21 days of prayer in January. Anybody remember January? Anybody? Like 10 years ago, right? Everybody remember, remember those months before April and May? All right, it says out of Isaiah chapter 43, he said, I'm going to do something new. It's already happening. Don't you recognize it? I will clear away in the desert. I'll make rivers on dry land. In other words, in conditions and situations devoid of life or even that are dangerous or even scenarios or things that are dangerous to us, God said, I'm going to make a way. He said, I'm going to bring provision and I'm going to bring divine protection. And so I want to talk about those things in these next few weeks, especially today, that God wants to do something new. That God wants to renew us. He wants to reboot some things in our lives. He wants to refresh us. And we're going to start with our spiritual life and our relationship with God. Because I think sometimes when we, when we enter into a season like this, we take a turn where we let some things fall away. We let some things grow cold. We let some things kind of, kind of grow lax. And some of you have seen that maybe in your physical exercising during the quarantine. Some of you have seen that uh, maybe in your relationships during the quarantine. Some of you have seen that in your relationship with God. And so I just want to encourage you, we're going to reboot some things. All right, we're going to use these next few Sundays to get ourselves back into fighting shape. We've talked about gloves up for five weeks, where we're going to get ourselves back into our relationships, back into our physical health, back into our spiritual health. We're going to look at these things. Because unfortunately, when we walk through seasons like we walk through, unfortunately, a lot of times our view of God or of who God is gets distorted. When we begin to go through different scenarios or we go through different problems, and it was a little bit different for everybody, but as a whole, we kind of braced it and saw it together we start to have our view of God get distorted, our view of how he sees us. And so I wanna just talk a little bit about how God views us and his desires for your life and what God wants to see in you on this journey. So we're gonna be in John chapter 10. This is actually one verse after the verse uh, that we read for gloves up. So one verse after 10, 10, we're looking at verse 11. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And so I love the fact that he is our shepherd. And I just wanna talk with you a little bit about what that means. Because I think sometimes we read over these verses and we think, yeah, shepherd, sheep, that's really nice. We like all of that. And it's just kind of something that kind of just we repeat and we don't really think about. But I want to talk about what it means to actually have a shepherd. 
what it means to have a shepherd of our souls, what it means to have God in that role as shepherd. But first, I want to focus on the fact that if he is the shepherd, that makes us sheep. All right, everybody? I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you like that, but that's what the verse is saying. If God is the shepherd, that makes us sheep. And that's bad news, all right? That's just bad news for everybody. Because I don't know if you know this, but sheep are some of the dumbest animals on the face of the planet. They have a lot of issues. They have a lot of hang-ups. They have a lot of things that are wrong with them. And that's who we get to be, all right, everybody? Come on, let's say, where's my amen button? There we go. We'll just press amen. But I want to talk to you for a minute because we are spiritually like sheep. First thing, if you're taking notes, jot this down, is that sheep get lost. Sheep always get lost. They're always, they have no internal compass. They have no thing. It's why they need the sheepdog and they need the shepherd to tell them where to go because they're always getting lost. It's why we have the parable of the 99 and the one that got lost because they are always getting lost, all right? And that same thing is true for us, both spiritually and physically. I don't know about you guys, but I am a little bit directionally challenged. I know that's hard for a man to admit in front of all of the people, but come on, confession's good for the soul, bad for the reputation. That's what we'll just... I am directionally challenged. I have gotten lost many, many, many times in my life. I know men never get lost. I have gotten lost several times in my life. You know how you go somewhere and you've been there many times and you drive there hundreds and thousands of times and then like sometimes you're driving and your brain just shuts off and then you wake up and you're there and you're like, I don't, I don't know how I got here. I'm really glad I took the turns that I took, but I'm, here I am. Well, that happens to me a lot, but sometimes... My brain shuts off and I take the wrong turns, all right? So one time, my family and I, we loaded up the van and we were headed to Huntsville, uh, a drive up the 59 I've made hundreds of times in my life. And we were got to talking or something and somebody was talking to me and I took the wrong turn. And we spent 20 minutes going south down 59 and trying to find an exit that would let us turn around and come back. And we had some intense fellowship going on in the midst of that as we found our exit. But a lot of times we get lost, we get off track. And Isaiah 53 says... Isaiah 53 says that all of us, like sheep, have gone astray, each one to his own way. And so I don't know about you, but we need a shepherd. We need a shepherd in our lives. Sometimes we wander away from God. We get distracted by temptations or things of this life. We get distracted by greed or we get distracted by the scenario or the circumstance. And we wander. And we get lost just like sheep. We have to have a shepherd. Another thing about sheep is they get attacked. Sheep are incredibly vulnerable to getting attacked. I don't know if you're looking for a good show uh, to watch. I know in the quarantine, there's just you, just you just live for a good show to binge watch, right? You just got to find whatever it is that you can watch as a family. Well, we found a show uh, by a guy named Coyote Peterson. All right, everybody? And I don't know what his parents were thinking when they named him Coyote, but this dude is crazy. He's just nuts, all right? He's, he's beyond crazy, but it's called, I wrote it down because I forget, it's called Brave the Wild, all right? And he goes out and he catches animals in the wild, all right? He's just, he's the most insane person catching the most insane animals. It's really fun to watch, right? You should check it out, especially if you have kids. We love it. Uh, and he goes out and he catches these different animals, and he's always catching, like, like on Friday, we watched one where he caught this python, right? And it's like wrapping itself around his neck, and he's, his crew is like, should we, should we pull it? He's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. And he's like, okay, okay, it's a little tight. Come on, take it. You know, can't. And he, he catches all these, and he's always talking about these animals and like their defense mechanisms. And so he says like how they, how they defend themselves. Some have horns, some have stings, some can fly, some can like run really fast, some have fangs and like all these different things. All these animals have ways to defend themselves except for sheep. I don't know if you know this, but like sheep don't have any, they're not camouflaged. They're just like white puffy marshmallows on the side of the hill, right? Like they're just a buffet line for the wolves. They're just kind of sitting, they don't have fangs. They're like, like they're not, they're not, they can't run really fast. They're not super like super strong. They're not like really witty and try to outwit the animal that's coming to get them. Like they, they don't have all of these things 
to defend themselves. They are vulnerable to attack. Come on, it's a beautiful picture of who we are, a Christian, because we've talked about this for four or five weeks now. We've talked about this idea that without God's help, without God's provision, without God's protection, without the armor that he gives us in our lives, we are vulnerable to attack. We are vulnerable to attack. The truth is, without God's protection, without the Holy Spirit, we are vulnerable to attack. And so the next one, here's another one. Jot it down if you're taking notes. They get dirty. Sheep get dirty. Now, we think about sheep like you can just hug them, right, and they're just fluffy and they smell like dryer sheets. Sheep are some of the nastiest animals on the face of the planet. They are some of the dirtiest. The shepherd has to clean them, and that's true for us as well. The Bible says in Romans that all of us have missed the mark. Every single one of us have missed the mark in our lives. Every single one of us have gone against what God's law is for us. And I know there's a lot of talk in the world today about, well, I'm a good person, and so there's no way I would go to hell. Or or, if there is a God, then I'm a good person, and so I would probably go to heaven. Well, when we read the Bible, you see that, of course, that's not the case, that being a good person is not what sends us to heaven. It's Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And so when we begin to to say these kind of things, well, I'm good, well, I don't really do, because come on, let's, let's do some participation. Show of hands, how many have ever lied or cheated or stolen even once in your life? Come on. Even at home, you can play along, all right? I just want to say, right, 100% participation, all right? And if you're not raising your hand at home, you're currently lying, which proves my point. But all, in reality, we are all cheats. We are all thieves. We are all liars. We've all had those. We all missed the mark. We have all gotten dirty. We all need a savior because we get messed up in life. We make mistakes. And the last one, jot it down. We are like sheep because we get stuck. We get stuck. Sheep will get stuck. Shepherds will tell you that sheep going through the countryside, oftentimes they will get themselves stuck, like between a rock or their head, like in a fence. And the interesting thing about them is then that sheep will then get stubborn. And instead of trying to back out, they will try to lower their head and push even harder into the thing that they're getting stuck in. Come on, somebody. That's an amen point right there. Some of you looking at your spouse. Look back up here, all right? Everybody look back. They will lower their head like the stubborn animals that they are, and they will continue to push against whatever it is that they got stuck in. They will die there unless the shepherd comes and pulls them out. Unless he comes and pulls them out of whatever it is that they've stuck themselves in. And the truth is, as Christians, we get ourselves sometimes stuck. We get ourselves into a dark place. We open the door from time to time, not just to a one-time sin, but oftentimes we'll open it to pain or fear or an addiction, and we'll let that thing get us stuck, and it spirals out of control. And I just want you to know that oftentimes we will just put our heads down and try to power through. Like the stubborn animals that we are, we will try to say, well, it's just going to work itself out, and it doesn't. The Bible's very clear that we cannot fix ourselves. It's very clear that we are not the savior of ourselves. We are not the ones who are supposed to fix our own earthly bodies. That's not who we are. We are the sheep, and we need a shepherd. We need a shepherd to come and to rescue us. And so if you're struggling with something today, whether you're in the room or you're watching online, if you're struggling with something where you feel stuck, I just want you to know that you need a shepherd, that it's not time to be stubborn. It's not time to put your head down and think that, well, I can just power through. It's just going to work itself out. It's time to recognize that we need a shepherd. We can't protect ourselves. We can't unstick ourselves. We need a shepherd. And so we're going to flip over for a few minutes to Psalms chapter 23. Because in this Psalms, David writes this beautiful picture of what the Lord really wants to do as our shepherd. I want to just briefly, for a few minutes, just walk through this. Because I need you to know, and we need to know as Christians, what he means to us as the shepherd. And David writes this from the perspective of a shepherd. We know in his early life, he spent it shepherding sheep. And so he writes this from a very knowledgeable perspective about the different attributes that we should see and the things that we rely on God for. And so watch this in verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. 
It's an incredible thought there. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Number one, jot it down if you're taking notes. The first thing the shepherd does, first thing he does for us is he provides. First thing the shepherd does in our life, one of his primary concerns is our provision. We go back to the beginning of the verse, and he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. That tells me two things. First, that God is interested And God cares about the different areas of our life, spiritually, relationally, emotionally, physically. God cares about us. As the shepherd, he cares about every different area. There aren't areas of our life that he doesn't care about, where he's only interested in certain things about us. No, he loves us, and as the good shepherd, he loves every area, that we lack nothing. It also tells me that if I'm lacking in one of those areas, it's probably because I haven't had him as the role of shepherd in my life in that area. That if I am lacking in that area, I haven't put him in the role of shepherd. Because as the good shepherd, he would make it where we would lack nothing. And so God wants to bring provision into every area of our life. And then it says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. Because when you study sheep, the shepherd will tell you they will not lie down if they feel threatened. If they feel threatened by something from the outside, if they're hungry, if something's need is not met, they won't lie down. And so the shepherd has to create that environment and he cares for the sheep. But then I like how it words it this way because he makes me to lie down. Now, I don't know about you, but this speaks to me in a very personal way because I am not a very quiet or still kind of person. I just go 90 to nothing all the time. And so sometimes the Lord has to make me lie down. And I think that's a part of the season that we've walked through. I don't believe that God caused COVID-19. I don't believe that he caused the pandemic, but I do believe that he can use it. I do believe that he was able to use it. For some of you, it's been an opportunity to take a step back. You're no longer going 9,000 miles an hour all the time, and the kids aren't in 15 different travel sports, and you're not traveling across the country nonstop. And some of you, this was an opportunity for the shepherd to make you lie down. Come on, somebody. Make you lie down. Make you take that chance to rest. I think it's important for us. It says, it leads me by quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And I want you to know there's a refreshing of the soul that comes. That God wants to refresh your soul. That you may be going 1,000 miles an hour inside, but God wants to refresh your soul. And that as we come out of this season as a church, as a society, as we go back into reintegrating with the rest of society, we begin to get back into the flow of life, that this should be an opportunity where you think, okay, I'm going to reevaluate some things. I'm going to begin to re-look at some things that the world could actually be going slow around us, but we're still going 100 miles an hour on the inside. And some of us need to take a step back and say, okay, I recognize that I need to be still. I need to be made to lie down. I need to have that refreshing of the soul. Because too often we let anxiety work on the inside of us. Even when everything slowed down, even when we were all stuck in our homes and we were all just doing nothing at all, we still let the inside of us get overtaken by anxiety and fear about, well, where will my provision and where will my next step and what's it all going to look like and I'm worried about this and that. And we let that take over the inside of us. Where God is saying, no, you got to take a step back. There's got to be moments where you begin to say, okay, my provision, my, my provision is in him And everything that I rely on is in him. And so I'm not going to let the inside of me get taken over because of my circumstances. I'm not going to let the inside of me get taken over because of the scenario that I find myself in. Just take a minute. Let's do it right now. Just take a moment and just breathe. Just take a moment and let's just slow down. Let's just begin to breathe. Because the Bible says to be still and know that he is God. So you have to take some moments every day where you recognize it's not on me. Like the fate of the world is not upon me, it's upon my God. 
And I need to remember who he is. I need to remember who I serve. I need to remember that the inside can be still because I know who I serve. I know whom I've believed. And he is able. So we have to have those moments where we're at rest. The shepherd wants to bring that for us. Verse 4 of our text, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And he says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We could spend a month just in these verses. But number two, jot it down if you're taking notes. The shepherd protects. He provides, but he also protects. And it talks about how he's taking us through the dark valley. One translation says the valley of the shadow of death. That as we walk through that, that the shepherd is protecting us. And I want to just speak to a, a thought that I started last week. I just want to kind of continue it today because I think that a lot of times, especially in America, Christians will get saved. People will become saved and they'll think that if I just give my life to Jesus, then everything bad will stop in my life and then all the troubles will go away and he'll make all my dreams come true. And those who have been saved for a long time know that that's just, that's just wishful thinking. That's not how the Bible is set up. That's not how our salvation is set up. We think, well, God's just going to take me out of every trouble, and I'll just live on a puffy cloud until he comes back. And we just, we just begin to believe those things. But if you read the Bible, that's nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus told his followers, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you're going to have to, there's going to be people, there's going to be a lot of people who hate you, all right? So you have that to look forward to, so that's a good thing to go ahead and put on your list. A lot of people are going to turn against you for my name's sake. He told his followers this. He says they're going to beat you, they're going to persecute you. He said it's going to happen. You're going to have problems in life, but you're going to make it because I've overcome the world. But the reality is that God doesn't keep you from having the problems. God isn't like a helicopter parent just hovering over, right, trying to, like, just void every... I heard one person describe it as a lawnmower parent. Like, you just... Not even just hovering. You're just mowing down everything in front of your child, just getting all the trouble out, just every, every, uh, every problem they could possibly face. That's not what God does in our life. Or somehow we get this idea that if I get in the midst of a problem, God will just eject me from the problem, that God will just pull me out of it. But you study the stories in the Bible. God's people always had to go through things to get to where God wanted them to be. They always had to pass through something. And that's why he said, when you go through the darkest valley, the shepherd is with you. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I'm with you. But then I want to focus on that word, that word through, because jot it down if you're taking notes. Last week I told you that Jesus doesn't take you out of the fire. He joins you in it. I want to continue that thought. Jesus doesn't take you out of the storm. He takes you through it. He doesn't take you out of the valley of the shadow of death. He walks with you through it. He's not only with you, but he's saying, hey, we're going to the other side. We're continuing. That's what the shepherd does. He's going to take you through to the other side. No matter what it is that you're walking, he's going to protect you. The shepherd provides and the shepherd protects. And then it says, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. You know why? Because a lot of times people have their theology messed up about what the shepherd is there to do. The rod and staff is there to defend from the wolf. There's this, this saying that's been going around where if the shepherd finds a sheep that's lost, he breaks its leg and then carries it around so it will learn not to get lost anymore. You ask any shepherd, that's just a ridiculous thought. You ask any shepherd, they say, well, what happens if two or three sheep get lost? Do I have to carry all of them? Like, is that, is that how we work that thing? That's not what the shepherd does. In the story of the 99, no translation I can find says, and the shepherd found the sheep, broke its leg with the rod, and carried it back to the rest of the flock. No, it said he found him and he rescued him and he brought him back to the 99. God loves us, and a lot of us have got our theology twisted where we think the rod and the staff are just there to beat us senseless, or God is just there to get even with us. That's not what it's there for. The rod and the staff is to protect the sheep. The shepherd is there to protect. 
The shepherd provides and he protects. We have this confidence that when the enemy comes in, God raises up a standard against him. He raises up a standard against him. And then I love this phrase where it goes into, it says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I love the imagery here. Where you can be surrounded by enemies, but God is still preparing a table of peace in the middle of that. Where God is still preparing a table of provision in the middle of that. Isn't it true sometimes? That when we walk through the darkest moments in life, and sometimes we look back and we say the worst moments and the best moments were the same moments. Because God was there providing provision in the midst of it. God was there providing protection in the midst of it. God was preparing a table, and then he joins us at the feast. And so my question for you today, just in this little section, if you would ask yourself this question, is who have you allowed at that table? Because it doesn't ruin your life to have the enemy surrounding you. It ruins your life when you allow the enemy to sit at the table. In the midst of those problems, because a lot of us have allowed anxiety and fear and depression, and a lot of us have allowed pain and those things to sit at the table with us. And God is saying, I'm preparing the table in the midst of the enemies. That even when you walk through those things, I prepared that provision for you, that there is peace for your life, that you can have those things, that anxiety or depression have no power over you because God has prepared that table in the midst of whatever it is that you're walking through. Whatever it is that you're calling to, God has called you to have peace. He never promised a life that wouldn't have hardship. He never promised a life that you wouldn't walk through that valley. But he promised that in the midst of it, he would prepare a table for us. And then as we close, verse six, he says, surely goodness and love, and another translation said, mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The last one, number three, last one is that the devil, that the last one on this one. I just wanna, I wanna pause here because I had a moment this week. I had a moment where I was, I was going over uh, the sermon I was kind of preparing for this morning. I, and I didn't really put it in my notes because it was just something that God spoke to me. But that was in this third one that a lot of you, a lot of you have believed that God cannot promise anything to you. A lot of you believe the scriptures and you say God has promised things to his church and God has promised things uh, to that person and that person that I know. And God has promised things to a lot of different people, but you refuse to believe that God has made promises to you. And I've had two conversations this week after last Sunday where I've discussed this thing. And you've, you've talked about this where you just refuse to believe that God could care about you. And I want you to know this third one today that the shepherd, the God who loves you, he promises. That his promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. That he speaks to you. That as a Christian, you have a relationship with God. That God promises to you. That God cares about you. That he is the shepherd. That he provides. He protects and he promises. And so God has made promises to you. It's why I encourage you to read your Bible for yourselves. Because there are some beautiful promises that God has made to your life that you need to read, that you need to internalize. And I love how the psalm says it. It says, it will follow me all the days of my life. That word follow there is the Hebrew word picture for how a dog chases a person. Come on, it's a beautiful picture. Just put that in. How a dog chases a person. Some of you may not know this, but I used to love to play basketball. I still do, but I used to be good at it, all right? I used to love to play ball in high school and college. I used to love to run games. And I had a guy my junior year, a friend of mine, and we would go to the outdoor rec center and we would play and run a few games every day in the afternoon. And this friend of mine was deathly afraid of dogs. He's just afraid of any type of dog, doesn't matter. But we would run these games. One day we were out playing and a car pulled up uh, to the court and out of this car came these two little dogs, these little like yip-yip dogs, all right, everybody? They probably weren't even dogs. They are probably cats, to be honest with you. They just... But they, they came running out, just yip, 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 yip. Like, like I'm telling you, even if they bit you, it wouldn't pierce the skin, all right? It just that kind. 
But if you had had a laser to run his speed that day, I'm telling world record speed, he takes off from the court with those two little dogs chasing after him. Just yip, yip, yip. Just a beautiful picture of what spiritually, what mercy and love will follow me all the days of my life. Honestly, if you'll think about it, it says goodness and mercy will follow me as a dog chases a person. It'll follow me all the days. So my question for you this morning, are you running to God or are you running from him? Because so many of us will, will have a bad view of God or distorted view of if he loves me or not. And so we run away and his mercy and goodness are chasing us. But in our lives, we run. And we say, well, it couldn't be for me. God just wants to get even with me. God couldn't possibly love me. And we run. But the psalm is saying the shepherd, his goodness and his mercy and his love will follow me all the days of my life. And now more than ever, I'm telling you, if you'll turn to him, he wants to be your shepherd. No matter where you find yourself stuck, no matter what scenario you find yourself in, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, the shepherd loves you. He wants to provide, he wants to protect, and he has promises for you. Bow your heads with me this morning. If you're watching online or you're here in the room, I just want to pray this morning. I just want to begin just to commit our lives anew. At this time, as we come through this season, as we reboot some things spiritually, as we just begin to praise him, we begin to just turn our lives over to him. I want to start with this Sunday. And I want to say, Lord, if there's any area of our life that we have not made you the shepherd, we repent. And Lord, we want to bring you into every area because we know that you love us, you care, you provide, and you protect. And Lord, we believe that your promises are true. And some of you who are here today, maybe you're far from God. And maybe you're watching online and you feel like I've gotten stuck and I don't know what to do and he's not my shepherd and so I don't know how to react. I want you to know that he is waiting for you to turn to him. That today can be the day that you commit your life to Jesus. That he wants to provide and to protect. That he still has a plan for your life. That it's never too late to be who you might have been. That God's plan is yes and amen. That he still has promises. That he still has a destiny for you. And so if that's you today, I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not looking for anything from you. This isn't even about joining a church. This is about a relationship with Jesus. And so I want to give you a prayer today to surrender your life. We're going to pray it with you out loud but you need to say the words and mean them in your heart. So if that's you today, if you say, I want today to be day one. I want to commit my life to him. I want him to be the shepherd of my soul. Would you pray this prayer? Come on, church, let's pray it together. Say, dear Jesus, I repent. Come be my shepherd. I accept what you did on the cross. And I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, if you made that decision today, we want to celebrate with you. We want you to know that God's plans are yes and amen for you in Christ Jesus. We want you to know that you have a destiny in him. And now I just want to pray over everyone, whether you're in the room or watching online or listening on your radio this morning. God, I thank you that you are always there for us. We thank you today that you are the good shepherd and that your goodness and your love and your presence and your power that they are pursuing us. We thank you that you are our provision in the midst of the storm. We thank you that you are our protection in the circumstances of life. We thank you that you are the God who promises. 
Lord, that your word never returns void, that you are the God that we trust in. And so, Lord, as we reboot in this season, we say again that you are our shepherd. And we love you. We commit our lives to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, and all the church said amen and amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for what God has done today? Church, be blessed as you go. Remember, our Kids Zone service is online as well. We'll be streaming that in just a few minutes. Be blessed as you go. We'll be online for prayer on Wednesday night and back next Sunday here in the auditorium and online as well. Be blessed.